Hey everybody, welcome to the Game Changer Lacrosse Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Uvoli. The Game Changer Lacrosse Podcast is about talking to people who have dedicated their life to the game of lacrosse and learning about who they are, how they got to where they are today, and what they do to improve themselves and their teams. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at GC Sports, and if you're a coach or a parent, check out Game Changer Team Manager in the App Store. You can ditch the emails and spreadsheets. The free Game Changer Team Manager app streamlines communication, scheduling, and live scoring into one easy-to-use app. Game Changer Team Manager is 100% free for your entire team. Learn more at gc.com forward slash team manager or search for Game Changer Team Manager in the App Store. Today on the show, we have Matt Abbott. Matt's a graduate of Syracuse University, where he was a two-time All-American, third team as a junior, and first team as a senior. His senior year as team co-captain, Syracuse won the 2008 National Championship that year. Matt was also a Twarton Trophy finalist. He was a member of Team USA in 2014 and 2018. He now plays in the MLL for the Chesapeake Bayhawks. Matt was a former teammate of mine at Syracuse. It was really great to catch up with him. We got a chance to talk about how he thought about choosing the right school, controlling what you can, overcoming an off year, and much more. Here's my interview with Matt Abbott. Matt, welcome to the show. Joe, thanks for having me on. (laughs) Yeah, man. uh, Thanks for coming on again. Uh, Anybody who's listening... We had a little uh, mistake yesterday. Um, Matt and I did a full interview, and then the software I used to record the conversation crashed. So he was uh, gracious enough to come back on again. Uh, thanks for taking the time. But let's get started as we did yesterday and as I do every yep. every interview. How'd you get started playing lacrosse? Yeah, so uh, for me, um, I was basically born into the sport. Um uh, I've got an older brother, Mike, who's three years older than me. Uh, he's played pretty much since birth to our father, Tom, uh, played uh, growing up. He played lacrosse in Syracuse as well. Uh, and my grandfather, uh, Larry, played at Syracuse also. So uh, lacrosse definitely runs uh, pretty deep in our family. So I was uh, just sort of born to the sport and, and been playing it ever since uh, I can remember. Right, right. So while you were uh, while you were growing up, was it always a sport that you knew – you were going to take, you were going to play at the next level or, uh, you know, was it just something that you enjoyed doing and, uh, you know, it just happened to end up that way? Um, I mean, it was always something I always enjoyed doing, you know, I didn't know if I would, I would, you know, turn into sort of a, a career and a, and a focal point in my life, but uh, I always enjoyed playing the sport. Um, but I played a lot of other sports growing up too. I actually played more hockey than lacrosse until mm-hmm. high school. Um, from Syracuse, New York originally, and hockey's pretty big in upstate New York. So played a lot of that, uh, but also played soccer, golf, baseball, uh, I mean, you name it, I pretty much tried it. So um, uh, lacrosse was definitely a, a big part of my life, but it didn't turn into the only focal point until uh, later on in my, my high school years. Right, right. And, and so if, I'm can, uh, if you can, I'm curious, uh, how do you feel like those extra sports sort of contributed um, to your lacrosse, uh, career or to your game in general, like specifically Uh, hockey. I see a lot of, I've talked to a lot of lacrosse players who also play hockey. It seems like a sport that goes together really well. Absolutely. Yeah. That was going to be my next comment was that uh, I'd say, you know, hockey probably has the biggest, uh, I would say benefit or crossover of all the sports I played. Um, you know, another one that I've heard that I didn't play a lot growing up is, is basketball in terms of just a defensive and footwork standpoint, but, um, given the fast paced nature of hockey and, uh, the physicality and the speed of it, I think that, uh, as well as the hand-eye coordination really translates well over to lacrosse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I played a lot of the guys that I played with, uh, some of the best players that are, uh, you know, in the lacrosse ranks were also hockey players at some point in their careers. So, right. um, there's a lot, a lot of complementary uh, skill sets there. Right. That's for sure. That's for sure. So as you were growing up, who were the types of players that you looked up to? Yeah, so uh, being uh, from Syracuse originally, uh, and, and going to Syracuse games since I could, I could before I could even walk. Um, you know, I was a lifelong <laughs> Syracuse lacrosse fan. So, uh, you know, I was real young. Uh, I vaguely remember the Gates. They were they were still uh, just there, 
uh, borders there uh, to all the battles and stuff. Um, so I've been, you know, any great Syracuse lacrosse player in the past, I was a huge fan of them. Uh, but I also look up to, you know, my older brother, Mike, and, and to my dad. Uh, they were good role models for me, both on and off the field. So uh, I was fortunate to, to have a lot of good folks to try and uh, follow in their footsteps. Right, right. So so if you can, can you can you talk about um, sort of the people that you looked up to, you know, those, those greats at Syracuse and, you know, even your brother and your dad, how did, uh, how did that translate into your game? Right? Like I remember when, when I was younger, obviously looked up to my dad, but I didn't have any video of him. I watched Casey Powell a lot and I would basically just go in the backyard and try to emulate his moves. Um, what did you do if anything, uh, while you were looking at some of these players that you idolized? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you, you, you watch all these great players and, you know, the, the Powells, the Gates, those guys, obviously, uh, you know, just world-class talent, some of the greatest uh, in our game's history. Um, you know, so as I was growing up, you know, me and my brother Mike, we'd go over to, you know, coin field and, and shoot, shoot balls and try and emulate some of those guys. Uh, obviously, my skill set is not as offensive as some of those great players, but uh, I certainly tried to, to, to copy uh, sort of what they did and their success on the field. Um, and obviously growing up with Mike, tried to try to copy his game too. Um, he was more of an offensive, uh, minded midfielder as opposed to you know, sort of my two way style. Right. And then, uh, even though we don't have, you know, film of our, of our dad when he played, uh, back in college, you know, he, he would play a little bit in some men's leagues and stuff. I remember when I was real, real young, still watching him play in the sport, uh, well, mm-hmm. at a super high level. You know, he was a, you know, we're all lefties. So we, we've sort of all modeled our game after one another. So that's hmm. definitely one thing I've taken from, from those two guys, um, right. both my dad and my brother growing right. up. So, so at what point while you were growing up, um, you know, when it, I guess when it came to high school, did you start thinking about, hey, lacrosse, this is going to be the thing that I want to play at the next level? Yeah, it was, it was definitely uh, probably, you know, I, I played – uh, soccer, hockey, and lacrosse up until my freshman year of high school. And then I just played one year of high school hockey. And then after that, it was a, I played a, my sophomore year, I played soccer as well. But then my junior and senior year was just focusing on lacrosse. Um, so I'd say, you know, that was partially um, because well, it was my favorite to play and I wanted to focus on it. Uh, but also I think it was, it was my, you know, best path to sort of continue in a sport going forward lacrosse mm-hmm. sort of uh was the one that i was best at and one that i enjoyed the most and i think those things sort of went hand in hand because i put the most work into it so right. uh but i'd say probably not until you know my my you know at least my freshman sophomore year of high school before i really started uh focusing uh just on lacrosse right right so once you once you started focusing on lacrosse what were some of the things that you did um you know either with your brother or with your dad uh, to get better, to improve your game? It was always just, just continually uh, working on, on my craft, you know, whether it was, you know, playing wall ball or, you know, going over to a high school field and shooting my brother or, you know, I, and I grew up with a pretty close-knit group of buddies that all played lacrosse growing up. There's about five or six of us that, that pretty much from youth lacrosse all the way through high school together. You know, we'd always get together after school or on the weekends and, um, you know, just something as simple as playing catch or, or, or finding a goal and, and shooting on net. Um, so it was just always keeping the stick in my hands. You know, mm-hmm. it's like a, like I said, it was something that we we found uh, fun to do. You know, it's what mm-hmm. we did for fun, uh, and that sort of um, added to us to continue to try and work at it and get better each and every day. And when you guys, you know, went up and shot around, was um, was any of that? you know, regimented at all, or was it just going up there, you know, sort of like doing trick shots and, and, and shooting around for as long as you guys wanted to? Um, I mean, a little bit of both. I mean, we definitely had fun. Don't get me wrong, but you know, we also had to work on stuff that was, uh, you know, practical and I'm not saying that trick shots and stuff aren't, aren't practical because mm-hmm. I think I'm in place for all that, um, uh, in, in games. And if you, if you practice it, then you can put it to work when the time calls. So, mm-hmm. But we definitely tried to, you know, work on some of our weaknesses, you know, obviously work on our offhands, uh, trying to shoot the ball fundamentally. Uh, that didn't really stick. I still had some pretty bad habits. Uh, <laughs> I should have maybe more of the fundamentals when we were out there um, sort of fooling around. But, uh, you know, we, we tried to be serious with it. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, always had fun with it. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, while you were in high school, uh, you know, you mentioned when we spoke yesterday, you know, you went mm-hmm. to a, you went to a, to a small high school that, yeah. uh, you know, was a, was a, was a good lacrosse school, but not much depth. Uh, what did you do as a, uh, a high school player to sort of stand out, right. To get noticed so that you can play at the next level. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the school I went to is called Nottingham high school. Uh, it's right in the city of Syracuse. Uh, we were, um, you know, as I mentioned yesterday, you know, we weren't very deep in terms of the number of guys that played. In fact, uh, I ended up making the varsity team my eighth grade year, which I think in part speaks to uh, the lack of depth that we had uh, on the team. So we always had, you know, 20 to 25 guys <clears throat> on the roster and, um, you know, guys that, you know, played the sport growing up. There was a, you know, handful or so of those guys, but there was also guys that, you know, just played the sport as a way to stay in shape for, for other sports too. So um, because of that, um, we had to, a lot of us had to sort of wear multiple hats and play a lot of different positions. And I think that sort of helped shape the player I, I became, you know, you know, being sort of a two-way do-it-all midi, you know, because I had to play offense in high school. I had to play defense, mm-hmm. took face-offs a bunch, or I was in the wing when my brother was taking face-offs, mm-hmm. uh, played man up, man down. So that it really allowed me to develop a lot of different uh, skill sets within the game mm-hmm. um, and obviously shaped the, the player that, that I've become today. Right. And so, and so what eventually, um, what led you to decide on Syracuse? Yeah. So obviously, you know, gr- growing up, I think my parents' house, uh, you know, I mentioned yesterday, it's like literally less than two miles from the carrier dome. You know, right. we lived, uh, we li- we, I grew up in a house just off of uh, sort of the, the off-campus housing that students lived in. Um, so, you know, I was always a, a big, big Syracuse fan and I knew, uh, growing up that, you know, my grandfather went there, he was a lacrosse player, my father, the same thing. Uh, and that was, uh, you know, a factor, uh, in, in me wanting to go there, but I think it was more just, you know, seeing the, the success that that program had had over, over my youth and high school years and just, you know, wanting to aspire to, to one day be a part of it. Wasn't really sure if I was good enough to be. Um, you know, early on in my high school years, but, uh, you know, fortunate, fortunate enough to, to have gotten the opportunity and, uh, you know, wouldn't change a thing about my experience. Mm-hmm. And when, uh, so when you first got to Syracuse that first semester, did you feel like it was a fit right away? Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I was, uh, there were a lot of guys on the team that, that I was familiar with, um, you know, a lot of upstate New York guys that were on the roster that I had known from either playing with or against, um, growing up in the area um as well as some other guys that i was just familiar with just from you know being fans of them uh in prior two three years as, as they were underclassmen there so uh i think it was a fit um socially for me you know having some, some buddies that went there um that i knew from high school uh fit academically um for the program that i was in i was in the, the business school there um and then you know a fit athletically um uh, with the team and with the guys on the team All right if you can, can you can you talk a little bit more about how you sort of, uh, or or maybe you didn't, but how you were able to sort of separate, um, you know, the fact that Syracuse was something that uh, you know you really wanted to go to. You grew up around uh, Syracuse University. You know, you looked up to some of the players on the team. So obviously that draw was tough, but it turned out to also be um, you know a great fit for you. Can you talk a little bit about? Um, how you sort of uh, made that decision and maybe distance yourself from the from like the allure of Syracuse University? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's uh, obviously you know choosing college to go to and, and being part of a, of a of a great athletic program like that. But it's got to be a fit across the board, not just for athletics. Uh, and I, I did have a sort of a, a different perspective uh, leading up to going to Syracuse because I was such a, such a huge fan pretty much my whole life. So, um, you know, fortunately when it, when it came time to, to make the decision and go to Syracuse, um, you know, I had a great business school there, the women's school management, uh, where I got my, both my undergraduate and graduate degrees from, um, when I originally went to school, I wanted to, you know, go into their entrepreneurship program, uh, they had a great entrepreneurship program, uh, the women's school of management. Uh, they also had other concentrations in finance, accounting, supply chain, and marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up being a dual major finance and accounting, um, which which translates well over to what I do today. 
but um, it, you know, it was just a, a, a great fit ath- athletically, of course, but also academically. Uh, and I think that really helped, you know, the transition because there's a, it, it's a big jump going from high school to college, not just right. on the field, but certainly off the field too. So uh, the fact that that was able to mesh up for, for my interests and, you know, of course I was, you know, still in the town I grew up with, so I didn't have to deal with getting used to a new physical space so much, but, um, you know, the, it made the transition a lot easier, right. um, from Facebook college. Right. And, and before you got to school, were you looking at, Hey, this school has the type of programs that I want that I'm interested in? Yeah, that was a big part of it. Obviously, you know, the lacrosse piece was, was a big piece, but also making sure I was going to a school that, and like I mentioned, I wanted to, you know, my thought was to get into the entrepreneurship program, mm-hmm. but just more broader, uh, a school that had a good business school. And, you know, the Whitman School up at Syracuse was a, was a pretty high business school. Um, you know, so I was fortunate enough that those two things, um, you know, athletics and academics matched up for, for my interests. Right, right, right. So, you know, you're, uh, you said you were a dual major. Um, how did you end up balancing both school and lacrosse? Uh, you know, obviously, a student athlete's day is basically like 16 hours long. Um, yep. How did you balance the two? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, time management's obviously the biggest uh, part of it. And, you know, I think growing up playing a lot of sports um, helped me as parents always, you know, put a, put a stress on uh, academics and me doing well academically, um, you know, youth and high school years. Um, time management is the biggest part of it. So, you know, in high school, I was used to you know, getting up, going to school all day, and, you know, going to some sort of practice in the, in, in the afternoon or early evening, depending on what, what season, what sport we were in, um, you know, and then homework after that, and then eat dinner and go to bed. So um, that helped transition over to college because it's the same sort of schedule, just a little bit more amplified. You know, you've got uh, full, full day classes, uh, most of the morning and into the early afternoon. And you've got, you know, you're, you're typically your two hour practice, early afternoon, early evening. You got to get in your schoolwork. Uh, freshman year, we had, we had what we called uh, study table over at the academic, uh, facility for student athletes where we had to log a certain number of hours each week, mm-hmm. which I think really helps get into that sort of study mode. Um, and then, you know, before you know it, it's, it's time to eat something for dinner and go to bed and, you know, repeat it the next day. So uh, time management is the biggest part of it. Um, I think having that structure, you know, class, this lift, dinner, eat um, throughout the year um, is just something I was used to. But it definitely was a little bit of an adjustment because it was such a big um, time commitment uh, across the board, uh, you know, when you first get to college and then throughout those four years. Right, right. And, and how did you... How did you handle from the lacrosse side? How did you handle that transition from, uh, you know, like we said, you went from a from a small school where you're playing, you know, pretty much all over the place, anything that they need you to do, to now you're playing for Syracuse University as a freshman, you know, in in the college game, which is, you know, probably the the, uh, you know, the highest level at that point, right? What's um, mm-hmm. what's uh, how did you handle that transition? How did you approach it? Yeah, it's, it's, it was definitely a, a tough transition to make. I mean, obviously, you're going from, you know, being the guy or one of the guys in high school um, and to a team that's, that's, that's full of guys like that. Everybody was All-Americans and, you know, all-league selections uh, from where they were from. So uh, definitely a little bit of an adjustment period. <clears throat> um, obviously, the speed of the game, uh, much, much faster. Uh, the, the strength and the, and the talent level of all the guys that you're playing with and against is is just ratcheted up that much more. So um, it definitely took some time to get adjusted. Um, you know, coming into um, you know, fall ball my freshman year, I was a borderline uh, third line midfielder, um, you know, not looking to see much time my freshman year. Uh, and we talked a little bit yesterday, and I'll mention it again, you know, Coach Desco actually came to me in the fall and uh, asked if I would consider taking a redshirt year that freshman year because of how many guys we had at the midfield position that were upperclassmen. Right. Uh, you know, he and the coaching staff had talked and maybe thought that I might have needed to take five years anyway to finish my academics. Hmm. You know, what I consider registering um, and then and then saving my four eligible years for for uh, right after I had some time to develop. So um, it was definitely a, a little bit of a transition period uh, to get acclimated. 
uh, thankfully I had some, some good role models on the team and guys I looked up to that, uh, helped me through that. But, uh, you know, it takes, it takes, you know, you got to put in the extra work outside of just the normal practice time to, to, to ratchet it up to that speed. Definitely. Right. Right. And, and so how did you, how did you approach that, uh, decision? Right. I mean, you know, obviously mm-hmm. we talked about this yesterday, but you know, it worked out really well your freshman year because we had we had some injuries um you know and, yep. and, and thank god you didn't redshirt because we definitely needed you but how did you how did you make that decision as a freshman um you know when the head coach is coming to you and saying listen uh you know we gotta we have a lot of seniors we have a lot of people in the midfield um you know even sort of recommending maybe it might be worth it for you to take a redshirt year how did you decide not to what what was your thinking around that yeah yeah so so when coach came, uh, I, I wasn't surprised at first you know because because of the depth we had with the upperclassmen at, at, at the midfield position um, but you know i i he came, told me to take some time and, and to think about it so i went home and you know talked to my parents about it and we sort of weighed the pros and cons and uh you know certainly looking back um you know it, it, everything all worked out um in a sense that, you know, because I didn't take the redshirt year, I didn't end up wasting a year because we did have, unfortunately, some injuries. Um, but I think, uh, you know, I was maybe a little stubborn, a little naive at the time, um, thinking, you know, you know, I know I'm, you know, on the third midfield line now, but, you know, I think that between fall ball and when spring practice starts, you know, I can improve that much more and work my way up to, to the top two lines and a little bit more in the mix. So, um, you know, like I said, thankfully it all worked out. Uh, I think, you know, after weighing the pros and cons, it wasn't an easy decision, but I think my sort of own stubbornness or own competitive nature uh, won, won my decision over and I decided not to take the redshirt year. Right, right, right. So can, can you talk a little bit about um, how did you approach, uh, you know, from that viewpoint, right? Like I'm on, I'm on the third string midi. I think that I can get, I think that I can work and I can get to a spot where I'm going to play. What's your, what's your thought uh, process like how did how did you think you were going to be able to to make that jump? Well, you know, I I, I thought that you know my my skill set in terms of being able to do a little bit of everything, you know, offensive midi, defensive midi, uh, some little bit of help on the wings. Um, you know, I thought that if I just continued to work um, and to, to try and improve not only my skill set but also you know my 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 physical um, um, attributes. You know, I was. I was undersized my freshman year. I, I think I mentioned in the call yesterday, I graduated high school. I was six foot tall and maybe 160 pounds soaking wet. So I uh, worked hard in the weight room to try and put on put on some weight. Uh, and I actually grew a couple inches over my freshman and into my sophomore year of college. So I um, was able to, to sort of, you know, uh, transform my body a little bit to, to be able to handle that Division One game a little bit better. Hmm. Uh, you know, but also try to put in the work not only during practice time during the fall, but also on my own to, to try and, you know, nudge myself up further on the depth chart um, and then get the opportunity to, to help the team on the field. If that's what I was called to do. And at the same time, if, if it didn't work out that way and I wasn't able to, to play on the field, at least that was helping me get better in some way, whether it was, you know, as a team or, um, have you to, to try and help the team get better. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, I tried to put in the work and like I said, it all worked out in the end, but, um, you know, it was, it was, it, was, it definitely was a, a process to get there. It didn't just happen, uh, because right. I wanted it to, I had to put in the work. So can you just, uh, you said this yesterday and I just want to make sure that everybody sort of understands the jump that you had from freshman year to sophomore year. You, you went in, Freshman year at six foot, sophomore year you mm-hmm. grew a couple inches to what? So I'm just shy. Of, I'm listed just shy at six three now. So I put <laughs> on, you know, almost two two to two and a half inches um, over over the first you know year and a half in college. And you know, since pretty much sophomore year through now, I'm way between one eighty five and one ninety five. So wow. um, you know, a good twenty twenty five pounds and in, in, in a couple inches. So that definitely. Uh, helped with the uh, transition to the division one game. <laughs> that is a, that is an unbelievable growth spurt to get yep. from your freshman to sophomore year. I wish, uh, 
I'm pretty sure every player in Division One wishes that they <laughs> would get I was that. Say, it, it, it didn't hurt, that's for sure. No question. Right. No question. <laughs> right. Um, so how did, uh, you know, so, you know, like we mentioned, unfortunately, you know, some, some players got injured. Um, so it worked out that you were a big contributor uh, that freshman year. But how did you approach sort of uh, improving your game while you're at school from year to year, right? Sophomore to uh, freshman to sophomore, sophomore to junior, junior to junior, senior. How, how did you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, obviously it was, it was a goal of, of mine. It's always a goal to try and, if, you know, if you're not trying to get better and improve yourself, other guys are going to pass you by. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, freshman year was really just trying to, to, to find the right fit. Um, you know, obviously, as we mentioned, some guys had some injuries was unfortunate but uh you know it allowed some other guys to to step up and myself included um you know and then we, we graduated a ton of guys uh, off that freshman team that i was on so that was 2006 obviously your your year at syracuse uh you know we made the final four uh but graduated a ton of talent off that team uh and then obviously my sophomore year was a little bit of a letdown in terms of team performance you know we finished five and eight and missed the playoffs uh for the first time in the syracuse program and i think it was you know 30 years um so so we you know but i i felt that you know and i think a lot of the guys in that team felt that we weren't that far um you know that 2007 season lost a lot of close games um you know we just didn't have that little extra bit that would get us over the edge so i think a lot of us um you know rededicated ourselves uh, even more so than we had done in the, in the prior year um, you know, worked extra hard in the, in the off season to try and get bigger, faster, stronger, and to, to get this thing back on the right path. And mm-hmm. obviously the last two years, uh, we ended up winning the championship both years. So it all, it all worked out, but, um, did just a lot of hard work and a lot of, a lot of good team chemistry to, to pull everything together. And, you know, my role shifted a little bit as, as time went on, you know, second line midi my freshman year, uh, and the two way midi more so my sophomore year. And then uh, that sort of continued throughout my junior and senior year. So, um, you know, just uh, hard work, uh, team chemistry, bringing everything together, and everybody just just buying into that to that common cause is is what allowed us to to see that success in our in our later years. Right, right. So, so this is this is always a hard question. You know, I mean, I I hear so often people say, you know, hard work is the key, and it obviously mm-hmm. it, it definitely is. But I, I wonder if. Yep if you can talk a little bit more about sort of what that looks like for you on an individual level, right? Like at the end of your freshman year, let's say you're saying like, all right, I need to work harder. I need to put in extra work. Uh, how, what, what's in your mind? How does that, how does that come out for you? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's sort of, and I mentioned this a little bit in the call yesterday, but one of the things that I always try and uh, focus on is to, to control the things that, that I control. You know, I can't, I can't control, Maybe, you know, how a certain play comes out in the game or, you know, what uh, what, a, what a teammate's doing or what a, an opponent's doing. But all I can do is control the things that, that, that are in my, my direct vicinity. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, how much time I, I do put into, you know, playing wall ball, getting my, getting my stick skills better so that it, I don't have to think about it when I'm out on the field. It's just it's that muscle memory. It's, it's second nature. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how much time I spend uh, in, in the weight room you know, trying to get bigger and stronger. You know, as I mentioned, I put on you know, 20 to 25 pounds uh, for my freshman and my sophomore year. You know, part of that was, was a growth spurt, but the other part of that was putting in a lot of work in the weight room and trying to, trying to, to, to get stronger so I could be more effective on the field. Um, you know, all that sort of stuff, that, that hard work, putting in the effort, that, that applies off the field too. You know, it applies to, you know, what I was academically at Syracuse um, and, to the very aspect of, of my life. It's, it's not, uh, you know, just because you work hard doesn't guarantee anything, really. You know, it's, right. it's you got to have a little bit of luck involved, I think. But also, if you don't put in the hard work, uh, you know, the odds are stacked against you and, and things aren't likely going to work out. So right. it was, it was, it was focused work, um, cross skills, overall physical fitness in terms of strength as well as cardio. Um, and that's something that I still try and implement in my game today, especially as I get older. It's uh, and we're only practicing, you know, one to two days a week in the MLL. It's it's tougher to stay in shape. So that that stuff you got to take care of if you want to play the game at a high level. Right, right. Yeah, you know what? So uh, you mentioned off the field stuff as well. Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, for me, as I've gotten older, the, the one thing that I've realized is that um, you, if you're, if you're going to get better or if you're going to take one thing seriously, you have to take everything in your life just as seriously. Right. So if, uh, if you're, you know, if you're a lacrosse player, you want to get better at lacrosse, you can focus just on lacrosse. Uh, and you will get better at it. But if you really want to take your game to the next level, you also have to, you know, focus just as hard on on school, right? You need to focus just as hard on, on you know, on your job or whatever it is, because you can't just turn it on and off from one thing to the other. Um, focus in Absolutely. one area translates into focus in another. One hundred percent. Right. Absolutely right. agree. So, so let's uh, let's talk about um, you know your uh, your training now. So. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, you play in the MLL, you play for Chesapeake, um, you know, uh, you live in New York, uh, obviously in the MLL, you're lucky to get two practices in for a week. Uh, how do you work on your game today? What does that look like now that you're playing in the MLL? Yes. It's uh, definitely a lot more on, on, you know, the players as individuals, because it's, you know, unlike college where a lot of times guys aren't living all in the same spot. You know, um, I'm living up in Syracuse and we play our games down in Annapolis. Um, so a typical game week, you know, games are Saturdays. Um, so what we'll typically do is everybody will travel in Friday, late afternoon, early evening. We'll get a practice Friday night. Uh, usually a little bit of a walkthrough sometimes Saturday mornings and then you play a game Saturday night and then fly home on Sunday. So, so for me, um, you know, I, I try and get at least two uh, lifting sessions in, each game week and then two sort of on field slash cardio days um, for me. So a typical game week for me will be we play Saturday night uh, when I travel home Sunday. Uh, I like to get back out on the field and at least uh, get a little bit of running in and get some stick work and shooting in just to sort of work out some of the soreness from the game before. Um, you know, sometimes it's, it's more sprint work and agility work. But definitely some, some keeping the stick in my hand as well as, you know, working on my cardio uh, the day after the game. Uh, Monday is typically a lifting day for me. Um, so the way I structure my lifts, if I'm able to get two in per week or three in per week, depending on the game schedule, uh, I typically go every other day. Um, a lot of times this year it's been Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Thursday, if we've got back-to-back Saturday games. Um so what I do lifting wise though, is uh, it's a little bit unorthodox. When, when I was at Syracuse, we had a great uh, strength coach, Hal Luther, who put in a great uh, strength program for us. It was a sort of a four day lift week. Uh, we'd alternate upper and lower bodies, um, upper and lower body lifts. Um, because of my time schedule now, and I'm only able to get two to three in a week, I typically do both upper and lower body in the same day. So it turns into a pretty long uh, gym session, typically you know, two hours to two hours and 15 minutes. But thankfully my wife comes to the gym with me and she works out too. So she, uh, <laughs> she, she helps positively reinforce uh, my, my lifting schedule. So, right. Right. So I'll, li- I'll, I'll lift Monday, hit a little bit of everything, you know, chest, back, arms, legs, core, uh, and a little bit of cardio, uh, some, some more distance cardio as opposed to sprint run uh, workouts that, that I do on the Sunday. Um, Tuesday is typically either an off day or back in the field, uh, for, for some, some sprint agility work as well as more stick work. Uh, Wednesday is either an off day or the, or the, or the on-field day, depending on my work schedule. And then Thursday is typically a lift day and then I'm back on the road Friday for, for practice. So, um, so two on-field days, typically two off-field days in the weight room. Um, and then typically one rest day, um, uh, in between, in between those somewhere. So, uh, it's the full schedule, but th- that's, uh, you know, if I'm not practicing five days a week, like college, uh, those are the things I've got to do that, uh, they're going to allow me to still play this game at, at a high level going forward. Right. Right. And so you mentioned that, uh, you know, you have a game on Saturday, you're right on the field on Sunday. Um, what's the thinking behind that? Why, why do you try to make that happen? Yeah, so when I was uh, my early years in the league, so this is my 10th season, uh, all with the Bayhawks and the MLL. Um, in my early years, I would actually take that Sunday and make it a lift day um, just to try. And the thought was just to work some of the soreness out from the game before. You know, maybe I wasn't able to uh, you know, do all the things or at least uh, you know, all the weight that I wanted to. But it was a way just to sort of 
flush my system out and get a sweat in and get back on track for the rest of the week. As an older, uh, in the last several years, um, I, I've taken that Sunday and made it an on-field day as opposed to a lifting day just because it, it takes my body longer to recover. So, um, But I, I do like to get back out there and at least do something. So, so I'm sort of you know, setting myself up to, to, to get back to work for the week right. um, in terms of on-field, off-field stuff. So that's just what's worked for me. You know, I know guys that you know need at least one full day off to to, to recover and then start their their workout program. But um, you know, that's what's worked. So I just try and basically work the soreness out is, is the biggest thought behind it. Right, right, right. So so let's talk about uh, you know a, a typical training session for you, and let, let's separate it by field and weight room. Uh, when you do go up to the field, um, what's that look like for you? Yep. So so one thing I always try and do is is, is implement some wall ball. Um, I typically go up to the local high school um, where we live, or you know one of the school buildings that's that's in our neighborhood, and you know work on you know basic wall ball, you know fifty right, fifty left. <clears throat> My brother, who's a who's a coach at UPenn now, was a coach at Colgate um, for the past seven years, has got a pretty good wall ball program that that he had all our players do at Colgate. Um, you know it's it's. 50 right, 50 left, and then you, you work on some non-traditional stuff too, some cross-handed passing with both hands, uh, one-handed stuff behind the backs, um, you know, stuff that might not necessarily use in a game, but, um, you know, if you do need to use it in a game, you, you've worked on it, and also it just improves your overall stick skills. So right. wall ball first and foremost, uh, then I typically get out on, uh, on a lacrosse field and do at least a little bit of shooting both on the run and set shots. You know, depending on the day, it will depend on how many reps I do. But you know, work on dodging and shooting uh, as I'm moving a little bit, and then I'll get into just some strictly cardio work. Um, you know, one of the one of the workouts I do is, and you might remember this, Joe, where we do our 440 tests at Syracuse. Yeah. Um, so what that is is, you know, end line to end line on a lacrosse field is 110 yards. So the 440 test would be end line to end line, so down and back. Out and back, so 440 yards total, and we do that for for time. Uh, I think times at Syracuse were, you know, the first 440 you had to do it in 65 seconds, then you get you know a three or four minute break. The second 440 you'd have to do it in 70 seconds, another three or four minute break, and then the last one in about 75 seconds. So um, I've adapted the workout a little bit. I don't do uh, all three 440s in a row. I'll typically do uh, 110 shuttles. Um, you know, in times for me. You know, from end line to end line, I'm looking to do, you know, that in front in, you know, 15 seconds, I'll take a 30-second break, and then run another 110 sprint. So I'll do four 110s, so the total distance is still that 440. Mm-hmm. Give myself about a three-minute break. For the second set, I'll do uh, down and back, so a 220-yard sprint, and looking to do that in about 35 seconds. Um, so I'll do two of those with a minute break in between. And then the last set, I'll try and do the full 440. And, um, you know, the times that I'm looking at now are right around 80 seconds. So I'm not quite down to that 75 seconds where we were back in college. But um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to get back there. Um, so right. that's one of the workouts <laughs> I'll do. Um, you know, but, but I'll change it up. I'll probably do that one only, you know, once every three or four weeks. And then I'll mix in um, just some general, you know, some shorter sprints, um, you know, restraining line back. Um, for several reps, just looking to work on, you know, my explosiveness, uh, especially getting off the line, playing on the wings a lot, uh, for the Bayhawks. Um, and the other thing that I'll do is, is I'll work on just some, some general agility work. So you know, change of direction, you know, going from a shuffle to a sprint or a backpedal to a shuffle, um, you know, working on different angles just to, to try and simulate, uh, game-like movements, um, mm-hmm. To, to keep that, to keep my quickness up. Cause that's one thing that I feel is probably the first to go, especially as I'm getting older, you know, right, so, right. so working on that, agi- that agility work, I think is, is of the utmost importance. Um, mm-hmm. especially if it's, if it's a week where I'm, you know, playing a little bit more defensive midfield and you're more reactionary as opposed to being on the offensive end where you're sort of driving the pace of things. So, um, so, so it's, that's a typical off field day, uh, mm-hmm. for me. And then, you know, I'll, I'll mix up some variation of that later in the week for the, for the second day of on, on field work. Gotcha. Gotcha. And are you doing all your stick work, uh, against the wall or are you shooting in the cage or, you know, dodging or anything like that? 
Uh, doing both, doing both. Um, so I, I'll always try and work in some wall ball. I think it's, it's important to, to work on those most basic fundamental skills, but, but I also try and get out on the field, uh, with each session and, and, and get some shots on the run, get some set shots in, work on my dodging and my footwork. Cause that's, uh, equally as important. You know, it's, you know, when you're out there on the field, you're not stationary, just, you know, playing catch. It's, uh, you know, so getting that on field, simulating dodges um i try and do that uh, but i try and do both uh, each day that i work for that on field uh, uh, session that i do mm-hmm. and so uh you know so you mentioned nowadays when you go to the weight room you're doing uh you're doing full body stuff but what what is that uh what does that typically look like for you is it lightweight high reps low reps um you know what do you typically try to do yep so i try and uh so, so the workouts I do today are pretty much adapted from what, what our strength coach at Syracuse gave us, um, just with the, the one caveat being that it's compressed into one day. Um, uh, typically, it's, you know, I'm looking for, for you know, 10 to 12 reps, so not, 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 not super high reps, but also not, not super heavy weight. Um, I, I typically do, I rotate four workouts that I do, just so I'm not doing the same thing every day. Um, but each of them uh, has a component of, of different, um, muscle groups. So mm-hmm. you know, I typically always start with uh, uh, a chest, whether that's a bench or dumbbells or uh, some sort of machine press. Um, so go ch- alternate chest and, and legs, whether that's a squats or a leg press or, you know, leg extension, leg curl machines. Um, then I'll work in uh, buys and tries, you know, different, different um, forms of curls and uh, extensions, whether with dumbbells or cable machines or uh, crooked bars or straight bars. Um, and then uh, typically finish up with shoulders and uh, core. So I'd, I'd always do abs uh, to finish out my workout. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but um, <laughs> but it's, I, I typically rotate. It's four different workouts that I do. Um, so again, so I'm not doing the same exact workouts every time. I'll vary the weight a little bit. You know, there's some days where I will, you know, do slightly heavier weight and less reps, you know, looking at that six to eight rep range versus the 10 to 12, which is my normal. So, uh, and then I'll finish up the, the workout day with a typically a, you know, a mile or, you know, two mile, you know, run at a pretty brisk pace just to, to sort of try and build the cardio a little bit more. But then, right. um, you know, it's, it, it tends to be a long day, but like I said, it's, uh, you know, got to put in the work and also having my wife there helps, uh, help the time pass, I guess. Right. Right. And so what's the thinking behind, um, you know, what makes you switch from say six to eight to 10 to 12? Uh, part of it's on how I'm feeling, you know, uh, the biggest part of it probably is, is, uh, time during the week. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if we're going a Saturday game to Saturday game, it doesn't much matter because I'll have enough time to recover. But, you know, there's weeks where, you know, next week's a great example. We've got a Saturday game this week and we play on a Thursday next week. So, um, you know, I might, you know, stick to the 10 reps and not try and get a little heavier weight. Cause at least for me, it takes, I find it takes a little bit longer to recover if I, once I go a little bit lower rep, higher weight. Right. Um, so pretty much the game schedule will help dictate that, but I try and mix in, um, as much as I can, uh, at least one of those lower rep days every couple of weeks to, to try and help build the strength a little bit more. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, all right. So, so let's talk about, um, you know, your pregame prep, uh, you know, when you're preparing for an upcoming opponent, uh, you know, let's say mm-hmm. game is Saturday. Uh, what's your week looks like? What, what does your week look like? How are you thinking about the upcoming game? Yeah. So, uh, you know, Game day Saturday, you know, we've gone over my, my, my physical stuff in terms of preparation for the next week. Um, you know, with, with the Bayhawks, uh, and I'm not sure if it's this way with every MLL team, but we, uh, you know, we've got a great uh, coaching staff and a, and a great uh, front office staff that, that, you know, get us the scouting report and the film that we, that we need, uh, you know, with a pretty quick turnaround. So for, we've got a game Saturday. Our film for the prior game is, is usually up. You know, by that Monday, Monday or Tuesday of the following week, uh, we use, uh, you know, we've used different apps in the past, uh, crossover for our film. So all the film is sent directly uh, right to our login there. We can log in on our cell phones and, and see the cut up clips, um, you know, pretty early in the week. 
And then they'll send a scouting report out for the following week. Uh, usually that's out Monday or Tuesday. So we've got all the information we need uh, on the upcoming opponent, uh, as well as film clips from their games as well. So, um, you know, making sure that we're getting into that. Um, you know, the, the lacrosse community, especially in the MLL, you know, with only nine teams, there is a familiarity with uh, the guys you're playing. So, you know, there's, you know, I don't want to say everybody knows everybody, but it's pretty close to that. Um, so you sort of know guys' tendencies. Um, but in terms of, you know, team schematics, uh, what a team likes to do in transition or offensively, defensively, uh, you know, it really helps to have, uh, you know, film on those guys so we can sort of do the do our mental reps during the week. So that way when we get together on Friday nights for practice, you know, we're hitting the ground running uh, and everybody's on the same page uh, as we head into the game on the weekend. Right, right. And do you do you spend any of that time looking at filming yourself or, you know, maybe reviewing a previous game of the team that you're about to play, anything like that? Yeah, I uh, absolutely. I try and, uh, you know, after a game's played, you know, I, I try and there are always, you know, at least a handful of plays in any game that I played that, that stick out in my mind, whether it's, you know, a mistake that I made or, you know, even a positive play that I made. I like to go back and try and review and see if my initial thought of it, you know, having gone through it live in the game and what bears out of the film sort of matches up or, and, and try and learn from those mistakes uh, that I made. So, yeah, I do, I do try and, uh, you know, go back and review uh, clips that certainly I was a part of as, as well as teammates too, to a certain extent uh, to sort of learn from it. And then obviously the same goes uh, forward for the teams that we're playing. So it's, you know, like I said, there there is a familiarity with guys. You you tend to know what guys like to do, but it's always good to see, you know, recent clips from from a game, um, especially for upcoming opponents, to to make sure that you understand where where what teams like to do, and and, and we're all on the same page, uh, right? Because we do have right. such limited practice time together. So so let's say that you know for you you uh you know you identify something you know a mistake you made in a game or something that you want to work on. Um, you know, before the next game, um, what are you doing in that upcoming week? How are you approaching, um, you know, maybe getting rid of that weakness or how, or how are you approaching uh, improving that mistake? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it, I, think, I think it all goes hand in hand. You know, it's, it's, it's seen it on film, you know, and if it's, uh, you know, if it's, uh, if it's a physical mistake, you know, whether a stick work error or something of that nature, you know, that's, maybe a little bit easier to correct because you, you, know, you get out in the field and you just, you wrap it out. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's a, uh, you know, if I'm dodging in an invert situation and I, you know, a, a guy slides to me and doubles to me, I don't move the ball quick enough. It, well, it's getting out on the field and working on my footwork so I can step away from the pressure and make that mm-hmm. pass the next time out. Um, if it's a mental mistake, you know, that sometimes it's a little bit harder to correct, but seeing it on film, hopefully will help me recognize that the next time that it, that, that it happens in a game situation um, and able to correct that going forward. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to give a set answer for that, but it's, it's, it's definitely, you know, taking advantage of the tools that are available in terms of film and uh, the scouting reports that we get and, and trying to, to work on those, those different situations as best I can on my own or, you know, trying to rip those out of practice when we get together on, on Fridays or Saturdays. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so what is a, what's a typical game day look like for you? Um, you know, pregame meal routines, any superstitions at all? Yep. So, um, you know, pregame meal for me, I always like to eat, uh, four hours before the game. So typically games are, you know, seven o'clock in the evening. So I'll try and eat at uh, three or so. Uh, that's the schedule that we had when I was at Syracuse. You know, we'd always have team meal four hours before, and I just sort of kept that uh, going forward. Um, in my early years in the in the MLL, uh, I'd always try and eat the same exact meal. Um, you know, prepping for a game, um, it's not always feasible sometimes because you're in different cities, you're traveling, you're you know, it's a home game or an away game. Um, so I've, so I've I've relaxed a little bit on my you know what types of food I like to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still try and keep it relatively light. Um, you know, for me personally, like I mentioned, the four hours before is what works for me. Mm-hmm. I always like to go into a game, um, you know, and at game time, I like to be just a little bit hungry. Um, you know, not so hungry where I don't have enough energy to last throughout the game, but I also don't want to be weighed down by, uh, you know, maybe a big meal that I've eaten earlier in the day. So 
so that's sort of the food prep for me. Uh, and then one of the things that I always do before every game is I, uh, I put fresh tape uh, on my stick. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been taping my shaft the same way since probably since, since high school. Um, you know, I, I can't remember the last time I taped my stick differently. It's, I'm very particular about it. I think part of that is maybe the, <laughs> the, the hockey player in me growing up. You know, you always put fresh right. tape on your stick before the game. Uh, so I've carried that over um, each and every game. Uh, to, even to this day, so mm-hmm. those are really the t- only the two the two things you know, eating four hours before and, and putting fresh tape. I don't have too many other superstitions other than that, um, mm-hmm. but those are two I definitely stick to. Right, right. Um, well, listen, Matt. You know, again, I appreciate you taking the time to come on for the second time. Uh, yep. You know, uh, this was really great to catch up. But before I let you, before I let you go. Uh, one question that I've asked everybody who's come on the show, uh, what are three things that everyone should be doing every day to get better at whatever it is they do? It doesn't have to just be lacrosse. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So I think that the first thing that I would say is, is to, to control the things that you can control, you know, and that's, that sort of goes hand in hand with what, what my second one is. And, and, and the things you control, it's, you know, it's not just physical things or, uh, you know, the, the work that you put in, it's, it's also, you know, your attitude about things too, you know, it's, right. you know, if, if, if things don't always go your way, it's, it's not, uh, you know, it's how, oftentimes how you respond to it is what's going to dictate the direction that you go. So, you know, control the things you control. Uh, the second thing, uh, you know, it sort of goes hand in hand with that is, is, is work hard and always try your best. Um, and I think that sort of goes without saying, and it's, you know, probably a common answer to, to this question, but I truly, truly believe that if you put in the work um, and, and it's focused the right way, <clears throat> you know, oftentimes th- things will work out for you, you know, mm-hmm. if you work hard enough. And and lastly, and probably you know, most importantly, is just to have fun. You know, I mm-hmm. still, I still play lacrosse because it's fun for me, um, you know, and, it, and then that applies to, to all areas of my life. You know, and I'm in the profession I'm in because I enjoy it. Uh, I work as an mm-hmm. investment advisor in, in upstate New York. Um, you know, I play lacrosse because it's fun. Uh, I work out because it's fun. I, I, you know, I do all those sort of things because I still enjoy it. So right. you know, whatever your, whatever your passion is, uh, just, just, you know, control the things you control, work hard and, and always have fun. And, and, and that's the best three, three pieces of advice I think I can give. Right. Awesome. Matt, Thanks again, man. This was this was so great. Thanks for coming on, and uh, hopefully we can uh, we can catch up and talk again soon. Absolutely appreciate it, Joe. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Game Changer Lacrosse Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Uvoli. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Uvoli. You can find more episodes of the Game Changer Lacrosse Podcast on this season at thisseason.gc.com. If you like the podcast please take a second to give it a positive review on iTunes. This helps more people find the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at GC Sports. And if you're a coach, a parent, or you run a traveler club team, check out Game Changer Team Manager in the App Store. It's an essential all-in-one scheduling and communication app for lacrosse coaches and parents. Game Changer Team Manager is free, it's easy to use, and it doesn't serve ads. Learn more at gc.com forward slash team manager. Until next time, keep working and keep getting better.